everybody, and welcome to the Brick Cave Media Podcast. My name is Bill Campana, author of four different Brick Cave books and the upcoming poems in the key of a negative. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, fellow poet and author, Patrick Hare. Hi, Bill. Patrick Hare here, poet and author of Corporate Boilerplate Vinegar. Forgot the name of my own book from Brick Cave Books. The Brick Cave Podcast is brought to you by the BC Book Club. Brick Cave Media's community portal for readers that love Brick Cave books and authors. You can join today and be part of the Brick Cave story at bcbookclub.com. And, and we are live tonight using Podbean. So if you visit your favorite app store, you can find the Podbean app. And we are listed as Bill and Patrick Live, the Brick Cave podcast. Or you can find the link in the Brick Cave calendar at brickcavemedia.com. And we'd love to hear from you. If you've read a Brick Cave book, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us an email to readersfeedback at brickcavemedia.com and let us know what you think. Well, what do you think, Bill? Uh, I don't know. You know what I had? I had pod beans for supper tonight. Oh. Oh, they were delicious. Yeah, let's come back to haunt you later. Though. They just might. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> the podcast will be over by the time the side effects take place. Oh. Oh, what was that? <laughs> you got to take pod bino if you want to pod bino yeah so uh, how you doing patrick i have actually been doing good i mean for all the things i have to complain about i don't have much to complain about yeah yeah you know me neither except for you know some health uh, issues which i don't want to talk about right now but if you ask i will no <laughs> We can talk about them later or make cryptic references to them in poems. Yeah. And that way oh. people have to do oh, the research to find yeah. out what it, exactly it is you're talking about. What's that sticking out of your eye, Bill? Oh, it's a needle. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it doing in there? I'm just looking through it. It's it's like a it's like a micro telescope. Put a lens on the end of it and we'll see what happens. You got any poems you're gonna read, Patrick? You know, I do have a poem I want to oh, read. Oh yeah. And that's Let's the good have thing some poems. Is that how you doing, Bob? Bob Nelson, our producer here, is is also in the studio with us, and he's producing, and he's got Yay. a better stand-up desk than I do. So anyway, ten dollars at the ASU surplus store. Really? They got more of those? Oh yeah, they have a bunch of them. Okay, I'm gonna have to find out where that is, and they open like on Tuesdays from one to three or something, or. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to look that up because it's got everything I want. And put anyway, a microwave on there too. Make some hot dogs. There. Well, you can get like five of those things. You want one for the kids and everything. They're gonna love it. That's Christmas presents right there. Yeah, yeah. It's got wheels on it. Kids love wheels. Yeah, they can. That's all you need. Take it down the driveway and into the street. Well, that's an even better idea. <laughs> Junior Jack asked. <laughs> but anyway, after you asked me how I was and I said, good. It's <laughs> ironic that I pulled out a poem that makes you think that I'm not good. But luckily, this was written four years ago. So how could it be? Uh, any you had plenty of time to recover. Yes, exactly. What if I want to panic? Suppose that some things in your life just go to shit and you don't want to have a plan or be rational or think logically. I feel pretty alive when every fiber of my being is telling me to freak out 
run around in circles and shout, oh, geez, oh, geez, what the hell am I going to do? How many times in your life do you really get to do that? You can't be ruled by fear. Why not? Somehow fear keeps the North Koreans afloat even when they don't have food. On our side of the curtain, we're afraid of the food and the people that eat it. Have you seen the wall-to-wall -wall presence of local news coverage? Why can't they explain the helicopters hovering over my house and shining a light in my backyard? Why is the top story about a fight between two dogs in a dog park when the next three? Why is the top story about a fight between two dogs in a dog park when the next three reports involve unsolved homicides? And if every feature story is warning me about online predators, shady repairmen, fake police cars, and bad drinking water, then what's your best argument against digging a nice deep bunker in the woods? And the popular media has led me to think that every religious person is just waiting to tear down the stars and stripes in favor of an ISIS flag, and someone is out to kill me, and all those people from a long time ago told me I'd get there someday, but now they're all gone, and I don't think I'm ever going to arrive, and I don't even really know where I am, and I'm not even done with the poem, but it's already time to read it, and I've seen the latest, lamest minds of my time justify their own inexcusable transgressions while the pot and kettle cast stones on their own likely voter projections. If I am living my life in an economy size, as an economy sized, one more time. If I'm living my life like an economy class airline passenger, and I notice that the cockpit crew has just been depressurized out the window, then why don't I get to spend the last few minutes of my existence exercising my God-given birthright to go batshit insane and just panic? Batshit insane. I interjected some clapping. Oh, good. There you go. I would have gotten points taken off for being on page and having to restart. So, uh... You can take the guy out of the slam. Yeah, I was talking about Slam this week, but I think some people are tired of my Trump comments. So I said, "You think I'm you think I'm too rough on Trump? You should have seen me back in 2010 when I was still slamming." So I'm going to do a poem. What do you think about that? I, think that I haven't written since uh, the last podcast. Uh, I feel like a, a an overworked relief pitcher right now. I've got a dead arm, and I can't can't write anything right now. Speaking of dead arms, how about Bob Gibson passed away? Oh, that's sad. That's that a, that guy. Oh, he had a dead arm in that uh, World Series. They made him start three games. Pitched, he pitched with a broken leg for crying out yeah. loud. That was a, the guy was a, a, a amazing. Should I do a serious poem or should I do a? a what are you reading from, Bill? I'm reading from Flotsam and Gomorrah, Parlor Tricks and Other Mysteries. Somebody said, "Well, you know, you spelled parlor wrong on the cover, but it's it's old English spelling. It's it's legit. Legit. It is. It's it's very legit." Uh, I'm going to. Uh, this is for my friends in Columbus. I have a lot of friends in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I would move there, but they have snow and cold winters. Yeah. And I would cry. I would just cry all. Yeah. I miss Patrick and Bob. You could be a snowbird. Uh, this is, yeah, this is called that. That's a great. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
my brother's wants to, he says, I'll buy a house in, in Cleveland and you buy a house out here. And then we'll just go back and forth. <laughs> it was be like, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go there when you're here. <laughs> I was going to say, is he going to move into your house during the summertime? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is called, that's a great excuse, but you're still fired. It says a lot of Columbus references in here. Never has more corporate despondency been seen at Olentangy Industries than the day Ackerman lost the Henderson account and Henderson lost the Ackerman account. With deep regret, today I report that Worthington has lost the Worthington account. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of Columbus references in there. Um, you know, if you go to Mongolia, you could practice that throat singing where you do two of those songs at the same time. <laughs> right? uh, didgeridoos are like cheating for throat singers. It's like <laughs> amplified throat singing. Uh, what am I going to read, Bob? I'm, I'm totally unprepared. Uh, here, here's a good one. I know I got I, normally I got like two weeks. This is called Chinese takeout. I believe the lady at the Chinese restaurant assumed chopsticks would only slow me down. So instead she gave me two plastic forks. <laughs> True story. Really? Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, so what are you what are you trying to pull, sister? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna here's this one here's uh talk about empowering. This is this is for all my 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 female friends out there out there in the what, what do they call them out there in the ether mm -hmm. out there in the, the airwaves out there in the yeah out there in the Podbean Landia. Out there in the out there in the beams. This is called <laughs> that time. Her life as a terrorist began the month she realized the string on her tampon was also a fuse. No man in her village was secure after that. That was written in with, with all love in my heart. So there. So... Is this the point where I make that disclaimer that the views of the participants? That wasn't really a view, I don't think. That was, <laughs> that was just a story that the. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember it always. Okay. <laughs> well, I have a piece. A fable. It was a fable. But um, for those of you out in listener land, I've been doing a bit of the. Um, downsizing type thing just trying to, to go through all the junk i have and give a lot of it away not because i'm going anywhere but um, as a matter of fact i have a piece later on which sort of ties into that but i have a lot of junk and so this piece came out of the box of smelly palms and it turns out that it's just as topical today as it was 20 years ago so i thought i would read it i don't care much for perfume because every high and fancy brewer of bourgeois $70 stench fluid fills his fancy cosmetic counter with cash decoy with enough flowers and pheromones to make a whale puke. 
And it doesn't work for me because I have never been turned on by the scent of lilacs and daffodils. I've never been allured by Chantilly fragrances and would think that perhaps these perfume inventors would learn sometime that if you want to get a guy riled in the right way, you've got to make it smell like fire. I want a woman that smells like she's been downwind of a California brush blaze to open the door on a first date and blush as I hand her a smoldering cedar log to freshen up her cabin while I open the door of fire engine one and daintily boost her into the mile-high cab so we can ride with lights and sirens all the way to the smokehouse where I've reserved an axe-hacked picnic table right next to the roasted salad bar. I'm going to sweep her off her feet at the old-time barn-burning dance and then write her name in gasoline on the dry canyon walls. Hold her close, because when I smell the smoke, I start to smile. And when I see her charcoal eyes ignite in the flickering reflection of my brilliant arson, she will throw her alcoholic lilacs into the fire and bathe with me in liquid smoke. <laughs> yeah. That was hot. Yes. That poem was hot. It was a roasted salad bar. Yes. <laughs> well, I would have liked it if they'd kept wine country out of the blaze, but you know, you can't get everything. Well, that wine, that's fuel. <laughs> I guess. Well, look at that. All those barrels. Yeah, barrels and all that alcohol. The alcohol be burning. Fancy Victorian bed and breakfasts. Yeah, well, you know, 2020. <laughs> All those old people from the investment commercials who bought vineyards for some reason, because, you know, when you retire, the best thing to do is start become, a vineyard. Become a grape farmer. Yeah, like, I want to go out and do farm work. I think that's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, who are we going to get to pick these grapes? Well, there's a suggestion. Sell the farm. Uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna do a poem now. Uh, there's an exciting one. Look, look at this poem here. This one's so exciting. Uh, this is the, the last poem of 2015. This is it's going back uh, five years now. It's hard to believe five years have come and gone just like that. Click, just like that, snapping my finger. Click. Full Moon America's declaration of suicide laughs itself to tears, shoots a hole in its heart the size of relief. The late December frozen sensation of death will be seen again on its face after the snow melts. Last night, shots, no, late night shots of lamp oil trigger the lumens into neurons. You think darker in wall shadows. You think deeper by the foot. TV news reviews the year. You browse the sad buffet. You eat the same shit all over again and wash it down with predictions for 2016. Pretty soon we'll be making predictions for 2021. I predict we'll, we'll have a pandemic. <laughs> I'm predicting that nobody's going to be happy. No, nobody, nobody be happy. It doesn't matter who wins. You're gonna have a sh a shitload of people uh -oh. unhappy, and I don't care. I just don't care. 
And that's the type of upbeat stuff that you won't get on those murder yeah, podcasts. Yeah, you know. Everyone's got a murder podcast, but we don't. Some, <laughs> some podcasts, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I, I'm not, I'm not real thrilled right now about anything. You know, get let's get the election over with. You know, Trump, Trump's gonna die. I hope. Uh, Biden, Biden is uh, dangerously close to a. He sees the finish line. I'm, I'm guessing. If that fly had landed on him last night, it might have like tilted him a little. Like, oh, what's what's this? What's this weight I'm bearing? It's it's a fly. It's just a fly, Joe. And and don't get me wrong, I I like Joe. I, you know, I don't like Trump. I'm not gonna hide that fact. Uh, if, if if he got wiped out, if I if I leave here tonight and I read that he died, <laughs> oh look at that, no. he's gone. Oh my god, me. he's gone. Uh, here's a here's an upbeat poem. This is a let's go back in time to 1979 in uh, Deep South Scottsdale. I'm still there, by the way, after all these years. I left and I came back. Uh, due to uh, strange circumstances. And I will leave again because circumstances change. Reading Dostoevsky and Camus to the tune of mid-60s Sam Rivers' Blue Note albums and Mal, Mal Waldron's The Quest on Prestige with Eric Dolphy and Booker Irvin defining funk before funk was funky, wondering if I had the right to create poetry. I would not write again until 1997. Doubt-based reality versus reality-based doubt. It's a showdown, and nobody loses like I do. Thank you. Delightful. Now that we're going into that uh, depressive phase, um, for my next piece, I got um, a couple of years ago my... Uh, well, many years ago, I lived in Hawaii, and I had a roommate for six months who was a very interesting character. And two years ago, he died. And so I went back to um, the celebration of life, as they like to call it in Hawaii, which is a lot more fun than a funeral, by the way, because you don't have to dress up or any of that type of crap. So I'd highly recommend it, but I wouldn't highly recommend dying. Anyway, this piece is called Nohana. I don't recall as much traffic on memory lane. You can go home again, but you'll wish you hadn't. More crowded, more expensive, and no fun. When travel is no vacation. When the abyss stares into you first. When you would trade all the jazzy airline audio channels for some stale classic rock. Don't stop believing it's more than a feeling. There is a tent camp in the place I used to cut across on the way home to our shared apartment. Absolutely no parking. Narrow roads of white rental cars now bumper to bumper. What a horrible thing to be a ghost, forced to linger in the quality of paradise strained. Nostalgia soured. Gigantic chain stores atop old paths. I know things change. I have no right to insist on static when I don't contribute to the dynamic. When I was broke, I envied those there who could pay for the leisure. I have more money, but I want none of it. I had to cut it short and get away. The guest on the couch has night terrors and screams randomly. Sweat, time dilation, 
Cars coming and going. Gin and tonic stirred with a knife. Rain. Sounds of things moving. Footsteps overhead. 1993 insomnia came back with a vengeance. Light and dark at the wrong times. Frenetics, like a too fresh ghost trying to exercise itself. I have seen here what would happen if I didn't fight the chaos that comes from all sides. I would not say I am victorious, but I have made more inroads than most. I don't know how, but there was more time there. PSA. When you die, people have to sort through your crap and try to sell it or give it away. And you could die unexpectedly at any time. You're never too healthy to start donating stuff unless you want your survivors to taste grief flavored with manually labored aggravation. It is like you have passed on the debt of ownership. One of them said I hadn't changed at all. Weird. I remember being different. And what did he expect? Should I have molted or metamorphized? And the other one barely remembers me. I fixed his car once. We hung out, walked back from bars. Once he falsely told my uncle that I was a drunken wild man and the story got back to my parents. Untruthfully, he told the North Shore waitress that it was my birthday and she responded, if it was really his birthday, you would have gotten him a lay. My memory was his insufficient data. So that's the joy of, you know. Living in Hawaii? Yes, the going back on a quick non-vacation for a funeral and finding out that some people don't remember you at all, mm. even though you remember them. Were they uh, uh, partakers of uh, spirits? <laughs> They're partakers of a lot of things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but more, more the, uh, the, the, the inhaling spirits? Well, um, some of that too. My uncle worked for an archeologist and my former roommate was one of those archeologists. And so he had all these archeologist friends and they really had an interesting time because when I, when I shared the apartment with my roommate, he had this one friend who ended up, he ended up at the funeral, but uh, he went out partying with my friend and they walked around Honolulu all night and they got back to the apartment my roommate collapsed on his bed. The other guy collapsed right next to the couch. And I found out these guys had walked for 10 miles all wow. over Honolulu. And it's like you got 10 miles, but you couldn't get that extra eight inches to, to land on the couch. Wow. And it was like, there, it was funny because I, it, four o'clock in the morning, I woke up and there were two thumping sounds. And that was <laughs> one on the bed and one on the couch. It's like, or it's, next it's to the like couch. falling right before the, the, the mouth of the volcano. Yeah, exactly. Just fall in, fall into the volcano. Yeah, I guess he got there. And then later he told me because I told I told him about that, and he said, uh, "Well, you know, you were going to work at Hawaii Public Television and going to the to University of Hawaii. So what you didn't know is that I'd been living there for two weeks. You just thought I was coming and going, but I was living there. It's like, oh, seriously, you didn't pay the rent. So he owes wow. you. He owes you big." Yeah, I just thought it was like a nonstop party, but the guy was still going home. Party time! Party time! This is this is this next poem I want to do is uh, it's a, it's an election season poem. Uh, we are in election times here. Uh, the, this was uh, when I was a child back then, especially where I lived. You know, we didn't have the results of the election until the 
next day because, you know, things were late for us and they weren't uh, they weren't predicting things on CNN all night long. So anyway, it's called Paperboy because I was a paperboy. I imagine some of the people in my neighborhood discovered Richard Milhouse Nixon had been elected president of the United States by reading about it in the newspaper I delivered to them that one day when I was 12 years old. I have lived with that guilt for five decades. Thank you. <laughs> Every paper you delivered? Bad news on the doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Well, there were some that were. There were. Oh. Oh. Didn't he just beat his wife up or something down the plane? I don't know. I don't yeah. really follow Don McLean too closely. Yeah. He, He's still alive? Yeah. He, he had some domestic violence charge. Oh. Yeah. And he was singing. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I was. I. There were some good things I delivered too back then. The uh, the moonwalk. I remember that had a picture of uh, I don't know. Was it might have been Buzz? Whoever took the picture. Well, you delivered a couple of like World Series. Yeah, Indian. yeah, but but none of them were Cleveland Indians World Series winners. So yeah. it was just like eh. it was yeah. on the sports page though. They didn't. It wasn't front page Did news. Front page? No, I don't believe so. Uh, that and the, the the assassinations, right? Sixty eight, right? Yeah, I had a hand in that too. Well, not really a hand in that. I just just <laughs> delivered the just, news. Hey, I was just yeah. a paper boy. Don't shoot the just messenger. The messenger yes. <laughs> what the? Yeah, we're gonna do that. Ooh. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna do a couple, two short poems about uh, three short poems about deja vu because because I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I believe I am experiencing deja vu more and more as I age. Sadly, I fear these rare psychological moments are being canceled out by short-term memory loss. Variation on a theme. She proficiently used deja vu to prolong her orgasms, while he much preferred the out-of-body experience as a means of birth control. And a different version of another poem. While falling through a trap door, I had an out-of-body experience. If it wasn't for deja vu, I would have never felt the landing. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Wow, well, here's a piece that I wrote right after I came back from Austin, Texas. Oh, man, I remember that, that trip. Was yeah. that 90, 98? 98, yeah, yeah, good times. 818, Texas. You know, I, I went with Brent when Brent went. Texas strips me and picks me clean. Yeah. 818, the birthplace of 818. Oh, yeah. It was a carnival in a jacuzzi of air, a dizzy pressure cooker of sweat and free beer, swirled in the nervous certainty that I would publicly plunge on the table's behalf with an ear-splitting twist of the echoing screwed to crack my despondence. But I was still sure. I was still sure of the journey of a thousand roadkills through in constant states of consciousness with three new friends in a plastic hearse. 
I was still secure in the, my propaganda of me, the prophet on a concrete soapbox behind aircraft cabled fences, me on a carpeted window stage with wheeled careening feet in a Texas-sized city of hills, with me, the 1998 Cinder Revolution using one minute and 28 seconds of Dale Carnegie on crack. And I was pretty damn certain that I jumped into a hundred souls united by the antics of a turtleneck freak until I woke up this morning to read in the news that I wasn't even there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Hey, guys, can, uh, can I hang out with you while, while I'm in Austin? I'm going to write this big story about the National Poetry Slam. Yeah, you got paid to fly there. Bill Goody Koontz. Yeah, you, you got paid to fly there. He was a reporter for uh, Republic. And then, you know, he was going to do a story on us, but then he decided to do a story on Poetry Slams. and So I think Holly and Josh got mentioned. Yeah. But it was kind of funny. <laughs> we, were, we were ignored. And he, yeah. he, he actually really enjoyed himself while he was there. Because the two yeah. times I saw him, he was pretty plastered. Yeah. Well, you know, he was away from home. Mama wasn't there. Kids weren't there. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Good old days. Drink, drink, smoke, and fight. Oh, God. So what time is it? How long? How many more minutes uh, do we have? About five minutes, probably. All right. I'll, I'll do a couple of short ones. And Apache, you can take us home. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about some haiku? Have I done haiku in the uh, in this uh, series yet? No, I don't no. think you have. I have no idea. Here's one. Oh, okay, I'm going to do some haiku. Don't ge don't gender chicken. Is it a hen or a cock? They all taste the same. Uh oh. Get some calls on. <laughs> if, I, if I push the wrong button there or something. The call of the wild. The text message of the wild. Gibberish phone sex. The infant hipster drinks mother's vegan breast milk from a mason jar. You can't catch kidney stones unless the afflicted is aiming at you. <laughs> Penile dementia. My testicles are insane. I'm not wearing pants. Ooh, yeah. Now, keep in mind, I was uh, one time the individual poetry slam haiku deathmatch champion of... Uh, 2014. Yeah, very proud of that. No, it was here. In 2010, I, I was in the final four. Okay, here we go. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Hey, that was my fish. <laughs> being a penguin is like being in some kind of bird fucking cult. Only a foodie would ask for a fried egg on a Denver omelet. 
Dear Dr. Phil, please yodel the results of my colonoscopy. Whoa, hey, tough guy, that's a CPAP machine, not a fellatiator. You know, you could confuse these things, or maybe you have the amazing ability to put images in people's minds that yes. weren't explicitly spelled out. That's the secret. Yeah, how many people are going to hear that and never realize they've never thought of that? Wait, wait till they need to go out and actually get a CPAP machine. Now, does that work? Can I? Can I do that? Can I do that? Do I hook it up to my belt? All right. <laughs> All right, Patrick, what do you got, buddy? Okay, well, I wanted to continue my yard sale downsizing theme with something that didn't involve somebody else dying. So I got this one. Commitment is all about sacrifices and regrets. Let's say, hypothetically, that your unhealthy yard sale hobby leads you to a real find. A $6 treasure barely used according to the sticker on the box. A shape mosaic beaded curtain of the same type and kind found in head shops for $24.95. Why would anyone hide away such a relic? You might ask yourself as you pay the yard sale matron and make your way to a Friday morning job that a few well-placed signs have made you late for. Why indeed, when you remember a trip you made as a six-year-old to a Japanese restaurant, and not just one of those trendy sake bomber sushi traps like they have nowadays, but a samurai castle 25 years ago with light dimmers and small hand fans mounted ingeniously on the wall, which flapped as a surreal form of air conditioning. And the sole barrier between the lobby and dining room of this fabulous restaurant is a long black beaded curtain that clatters as small Japanese women in kimonos shuffle in and out. Ebony beads snapped like wooden monotone wind chimes. Fast forward through your days when the beaded curtain only occupied the doorway of a dream, prohibitively priced at the point past the cost of enough canned soup until the next paycheck. Holding space in your dream world of posing as a hippie with a clacking curtain swaying, blurring traces and puffs of patchouli incense. Out of reach and then forgotten like Puff the Magic Dragon. Well, today, my friends, that dream is here, minus the patchouli. But a man can still enjoy the brown diamond formed in the strings of wooden beads, doubtlessly assembled by a Pakistani child with more free time than his parents have food. Today, that curtain will proudly hang in the hallway to your living room for exactly one hour until she comes home and tells you that she hates it, that your eclectic motif has strayed into kitsch, and your diamond-shaped clattering drag would be a laughingstock until some stumbling drunk rips it down. And we're not going to let that happen. So you roll it back into the box, barely used, knowing that if falling tears could make a sound, it would be a rapping wooden clatter. Falling tears make a sound. And now I have straight clatter. script, which I've forgotten was there. Straight to the end. Straight to the end. Although, well, I do have to say, this topic of the uh, poetry for Neanderthals game does look very interesting. 
So, for example, the product description says, Poetry for Neanderthals is a competitive word-guessing game where you only give clues by speaking in simple syllables. So instead of saying broccoli, you would say something like, green thing you eat for live long and have good health. If you mess up and use a big word, such as vegetable, you get bopped on the head with a nose stick. It's a game that forces you to explain complicated ideas using simple vocabulary. Poetry for Neanderthals is fun for both grown-ups and children. It takes a few minutes to learn and about 20 minutes to play. It's hilarious, cutthroat, challenging game for those who consider themselves mighty wordsmiths. Warning, choking hazard, small parts, not for children under three years. What's included? 220 cards, one inflatable nose stick. I thought it was like a wooden stick. One sand timer and two point slates. So thank you again for listening to this edition of Brick Cave Podcast. Anytime you'd like to hear from us, just join us online at BrickCavePodcast.com. Poetry for Neanderthals. Our BC book club supporters can enjoy extra episodes and other details at bcbookclub.com. Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we'll drop it again soon.